Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you are about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. I'm going to begin this message this morning on the topic of grace. Oftentimes I think this is a, a very well-used word or term in Christianity, many through churches, I do not want you to shut this message or this word off just because I use that word. Because sometimes over and over again when people hear it, it kind of loses its effect. You ever notice that? If you hear something constantly over and over, sometimes it loses its effect. But when it comes to the word of God, no matter how many times you've heard it, no matter how many times that if I was to preach the same message over and over and over again... You need to hear it with fresh ears in the spirit. Because just like Pastor Jake just a second ago said, talking about the bread. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I am that manna that's coming down, that's come down from heaven. Let me just help you with this. The word of God is the bread of life to us. And we need to learn to eat it, to digest it, to get it in us, to meditate on it. That's kind of like regurgitating it. Come on. I know that sounds disgusting, but it's reality because when you get it on the inside of you and you bring it back up and you just chew on it for a while by meditating on that word day and night, come on, you're going to find your way prosperous. You're going to have good success. It's going to affect your body. It's going to affect your emotions. It's going to affect how you're feeling. The anxieties will leave. The emotional state of your well-being will begin to change. You'll get into the right, in your right mind and a soundness on the inside of you, if you will meditate in the Word. Oh, glory to God. Woo! Come on. Think about that for a moment. Oh, hallelujah. How many of you know God wants to get, have, uh, let you have complete soundness? Amen? Soundness of mind. Soundness of well-being. Where the peace of God will surpass all understanding. Come on, right in the middle of your worst day. All of a sudden, somebody goes, how come you're not lost it yet? You say, well, there's a peace that I can't even explain that's working on the inside of me. It might be battling my soul right now, but my spirit is much greater. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen. Glory to God. Let's look at first in Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. I always... Encourage people to write things down. I know that's kind of a lost art today. Taking notes. But did you know you will remember it better if you write it down? You'll make lists of what you got to do. You'll make all kinds of different things like that. But when it comes to the Word of God, which is more important than all of those things. Think about it. Glory to God. Come on. Y'all ready? Ephesians 2, verse 8. Let's begin there. Ephesians 2, verse 8. We're going to read verse 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Do you see that? Galatians chapter 2. We're going to go to Galatians chapter 2, verse 21. I do not frustrate the grace of God. Galatians 2, verse 21. I do not frustrate 
the grace of God. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness comes by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. I'm going to reread it. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness comes by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. He died in vain. Acts chapter 26. Acts chapter 26, verse 20. Acts 26, verse 20. But declared first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem, and throughout all the region of Judea, And also to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God. Performing deeds in keeping with their repentance. Or, that's one translation. The King James Version just says, But showed first unto them in Damascus and Jerusalem and throughout all the coasts of Judea. And then to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. That is, deeds, works. That is, keeping up with the love of repentance. <laughs> Think about that. That is, meet the deeds in keeping with the repentance. So I'm going to just begin today, first of all, what is grace? You know, in our first text, we, we heard and we read, and I want to point out the two phrases there out of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. I want to point out a couple of things there. The Bible says in Ephesians 2.8, it just says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. I'm going to point out to the two phrases here first, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Okay? Now, what does this mean? What is that? He's speaking of salvation there. And that salvation is not of yourself. Okay, so what is grace? Well, first of all, it's not salvation. Grace is not salvation. There is salvation, and grace is not it. Faith is not it either. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. So let's, let's look at this for a moment. I'm going to break this down just for a minute, okay? First of all, it says, For grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, and that being not of yourselves. He's talking about salvation there. For by grace, the word grace there in the Greek just means charis. And that literally means it's something that's been conferred or being conferred. Something that has been or being conferred to you. That's what grace is. Grace grace is something that God is conferring to you. Do you understand? Something that is conferred is something that is being given to you. Okay, that's why it, it is, we know salvation is a gift, and God, by grace, He's conferring salvation to you. Okay? He's accounting it to you, He's conferring it to you. This is grace. Grace is something conferred by God. It's coming from God. 
What's coming from God? For by grace are you saved. So God is through his kindness, love is gracing, conferring to you salvation, which has neither been earned by you or merited by you. Amen. So this is why when you hear of grace, it's unmerited favor. What he's actually what they're actually saying is, is you didn't earn God's conferring to you. But in reality, that's not salvation. Salvation is what God has conferred to us, which was unmerited. Okay? So it's important that we understand this because there are if you get off on this area, next thing you know, you're calling grace salvation. You're calling God's grace and a, a lot of different things that it's not. It's the conferring of something that God is doing t- towards us. For by grace are you saved. So God is conferring it, but God can't confer it unless we read in Acts chapter 26, he's talking about repenting. And turning to God. Is that right? That's how it begins. When a person repents and turns to God, God confers salvation. Come on. God graces us. But what are we doing when we're repenting? We're repenting because we see that we need salvation. We need this salvation. So we repent and turn to God Believing upon the Lord Jesus Christ. So for by grace are you saved through faith. What is faith? Well, let's think about this for a moment. Again, God can't confer something that you can't, you're not accessing through faith. Faith is the conduit in which God confers to you grace. Come on. Or, sorry, salvation. Using, he's conferring, he's gracing you through faith. See, oftentimes, and, and this is why I think as Christians, we, we don't understand a lot of this area personally. I mean, when you think about this. Because if we really got this, we, uh, you'd, you'd spend a lot more time developing your faith. Because it's the conduit For by grace are you saved through faith. Salvation is the gift that he has given to us because we did nothing to earn it. We could not buy it. We could not produce it. Not even under the old covenant was there a a way to have that the Comers or the worshipers could be completely cleansed of even the conscience and the condemnation that followed. And they had to do it continually, year after year, day after day. But thank God that through Jesus Christ, God has made a way of salvation for all those who, through faith, or by believing what God has done, God confer, through in Jesus, God confers that to us when we accept that, when we receive that. 
When we, by faith, we've created the conduit because we heard and believed and said, you know, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I receive God. Jesus saved me. Come on, it's not really hard. It's just that, and I thank God that God didn't make it hard. Aren't you glad that God didn't make salvation hard? Huh? See, you can't clean yourself up well enough to have grace or the conferring really much of anything. But let me just say this. Does he tell us that we should depart from iniquity? Yes. Does he tell us that we should repent of our sin? Yes. And that we should come to God. You know, I have learned that a person who wants to be in the presence of God, wants to live in that place of the Spirit, wants to live in that place, you know, one of the things I have learned, be quick to repent. Come on. Quick to forgive. Quick to believe God. When we begin to be people who will not hang on to different things, I'm going to show you through this, this teaching, maybe not all of it today, but how that the, even the Bible says that we can fail in grace. We can fail in the conferring of things that's coming into our lives when we need God to move in some areas. Did you know that it talks about that? The Bible will tell us that. And it will show us that. And it is important today. This is not legalism. It is something about how we access this grace. God is not obligated just to do it for us because, because. But it's through faith. It's by what we believe. Even Jesus said, when you pray, believe. Have you ever read that? Where he says, when you pray, believe that you will receive and you will have it. Jesus said that. I didn't. Mark chapter 11. He said, when you pray, believe that you receive and you will have it. Isn't that good news? You know, when you look at different places in the Bible, let's just say with the woman with the issue of blood. That is a very, very powerful scripture and passage there. But it talks about how that this woman, that she heard of Jesus and she said it with her mouth, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. Now, this is before she saw Jesus. Huh? But she heard of Jesus. You know, the Bible tells us that faith comes by what? Hearing. And hearing by the word of God. And so she built between, her, between her and receiving from Jesus the thing she had in need of. She built that before she touched him. How did she do that? She built that, that conduit, so to speak, in the spirit by, first of all, believing what she heard. And did you know the Bible says that all it is, you know what? If you had faith as a grain of a mustard seed, the other day we were planting, or maybe a couple of weeks ago now, uh, my wife and the kids, and we were planting some uh, little bitty vegetable plants and little herbs and stuff like that. And one of those was so small, I even said, man, that would rival a mustard seed. I mean, I'm looking at that thing, and I can't remember which one it was right now. What was it? 
Oregano, yeah. Man, the Oregano was like, wow, that is so tiny. Anybody ever seen an Oregano seed? Some of you have. They are so small. I wanted to put a mustard seed next to it because I was like, all right, Jesus. But I mean, it was small. I'm like, wow, look at this kid. So I'm sitting there giving them a Bible lesson, you know. And um, so we're talking about it. And we're like, wow, think about what's going to come out of that. But Jesus said, if you had faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you could say to that mountain to be cast into the sea and not doubt in your heart, but believe that those things which you say will come to pass, you'll have whatsoever you say. Now, that's not mind over matter. That's an understanding of what you've heard of Jesus. That you believe. That woman, she believed that if she could just touch the hem of his garment, she had for 12 years sought from every physician that she could until she wasted all of her money. She had no more money left, but yet, but yet she rather grew worse. Some of you might have been growing worse in some areas. I don't know. Maybe you've been to so many doctors and counselors and everything else, but your things are getting worse. Well, why don't you hear something from Jesus today? Jesus can heal your body. Jesus will heal your marriage. Jesus will heal your business. Jesus will heal you spiritually, emotionally. Can you tap in today through the understanding that God is greater than everything you'll ever face and his salvation covers it all? He has delivered you from the power of darkness. He has translated you out of that kingdom and into the kingdom of his dear son. And in there, there is liberty. There is life. There is freedom. There is healing. There is protection. There is provision. Because he is El Shaddai. He is your Jehovah Rapha. Come on. He is Jehovah Shalom. He is your peace today. There is nothing that is broken. The Bible says he will heal you and deliver you from all your destruction. If you can grab a hold of it today, he'll deliver you. And he wants you to see yourself as he sees you today. Just as a grain of a mustard seed. Now you can hang on to your past. And you can be like a pig in walla. You know what? Listen, I come from... A place where I used to have pigs. You know what I'm talking about? Rabbits, pigs, chickens, horses, cows. All of that. I never had sheep. We just didn't do sheep. You know? But I am not against them. Amen? We just didn't have them. I was more of a cowboy than I was, you know. Anyhow. Maybe they're cowboys. I don't know. We have a different idea of that, I guess. But my thought is... That when that pig, I noticed something about the pigs. Man, they love to wallow in, in mud. And I, I mean, man, I'd be, we'd always have to clean out those pens. We'd try to put, I didn't care how many times we put good dirt and sand in there or whatever. Man, they would turn that thing into mud. I don't know how, but they did. And, you know, the Bible tells us that we can behave that way sometimes. We can act like that. And we just keep returning. Like a dog back to his vomit. That's what the Bible says. I know that's some really gross and heavy stuff there. But why is that? Because faith is not something you do once. We walk by faith. We live by faith and not by sight. We renew our mind by the word of God. 
when you're not challenging your thoughts with the, with the faith that God has sent to you, you're going to have an opportunity to return. You know, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13 says, talking about all the heroes of faith. It says, and I'll read that to you just because I love it. I don't want to miss it up. These all died in faith, not having received the promises. But having seen them afar off, were persuaded of them, were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Well, what were they confessing? They were confessing what they believed. They embraced that. Even, even though they never received the promise. But listen, I love the book of Hebrews. I, I could go there today. I, I love that book. But let me just tell you something about it. It does tell us that now, today, lest a promise being left us, we should, we should just fear God. If I can say it like that, we should, I'll put it that way. But let me just help you with this. We should say, wait a minute, hold on. I don't want to miss him because I don't have to anymore. The promises are yes and amen in Christ. There is a promise that God says, listen, don't let it, don't leave it here on the earth. You can obtain it because we can enter in today. What they did, they, when they entered into the promised land, even the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, they never really received the promises. They did because it was for another day. And that is today. Today's that day that we can enter in. And you can have this promise that is a short covenant through the blood of Jesus. That doesn't mean it's not going to come without a faith fight. That's why the Bible says that we're, our faith, it's a faith fight. And what is it? It's that conduit of you believing over what you see because you're a spiritual being and you have a greater substance on the inside of you than what's in this world. Because what's in the world where Satan and the God of this world, where there's, uh, you know, where Ephesians, it talks about the principalities and powers and mights and dominions and, and all of those things. You have to see yourself where God sees you, where he has placed you in the spirit, which is far above all principalities and powers in Christ. Because Christ is seated above. Are you hearing me today? Christ is seated above, and you're seated in him and with him, and he is in you. That authority he has, you have in the spirit. You are no longer under the power of darkness, and you have to speak to some things in your life. When you feel like the power of darkness is trying to get a hold of you, try to bring you down and bring you in captivity, right there you begin to say with your own mouth, just like that woman with the issue of blood said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. That was under the old covenant before Jesus died. How much better and greater are the promises that we have today, seeing that you've been set free, you have been delivered through the power of the blood of Jesus, and this covenant is a surety to you, and today you can access that. God can confer that upon you if you will come boldly before the throne of grace. You will obtain mercy no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter how you feel about yourself, no matter if condemnation is trying to beat you up right now. God doesn't see you under that condemnation. God sees you as he has purchased through his own blood, through the blood of his son, set free, free indeed. No longer should you be under the condemnation of what sin tried to attach itself to you. No, if you, if you fail, you repent and you just come boldly before the throne. You don't have to earn it. It's open to you today through the veil, through Jesus Christ. But you have to embrace it. 
Bible says, and they confessed. This was under the old covenant. They confessed it. I hear people today, oh, I don't know about that confession stuff. It's like, what? Who told you that lie? Come on. Yeah, that's right. Speak it. Everywhere you see in the Bible. What do you think prayer is? Prayer is praying what God says. It's not praying, oh God, I hope you do it. He's done it through Jesus. For you. Obtain it. It belongs to you. By grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourself. You're still trying to get it yourself. You don't realize, realize how religious you are. It's not of yourself. Salvation and everything that is in salvation has been conferred. Are there works? Yes. It's called a work of faith. Even the book of James tells us that faith without works is dead. Being alone. See, oftentimes we say, well, I'm not going to be religious. I'm going to be legalistic. I'm not going to do nothing. If God wants me to have it, he'll just give it to me. That's not what the Bible says. That's not how the Bible works. That's not what God says. That's not what the covenant says. We enter into that place. But we can come into a place of rest when we've entered into faith. But if we're not into faith, our work is to get into faith so that the works that we do, which are faith works. Whether you're working on your job and in your business, you're doing a faith work. You're no longer working for the company. You work as unto the Lord. Oh, glory to God. Isn't that good news? And now, come on, it's not your J-O-B. It's your G-O-D. Amen? And God will lead you. See, he'll bear witness with you. There'll be times, I know in, in my personal time, in my life, that the Holy Spirit has changed a certain direction in me, in the spirit like that, just because, you know, the creek bed dried up. Kind of like with Elijah. Huh? God provided for me. He said, I want you to go by the brook Cherith and wait there for a while. There, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to supply. I'm going to take care of you. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, that's like a job. You know what I'm saying? That's what a job is. And he go out there, and here's that creek. And, he, and the Bible says he brought ravens, and the water was flowing. While there is a famine and a drought going on in the land, God has taken care of his prophet, his people. And the Bible says that while he was there, he's drinking of it, he's eating, and then all of a sudden it dried up. You know, most of us, you know what we do? We go cut us a stick off that dead tree that's been dried up from the roots, so to speak, because there's no, been no water. And we'll start poking at that thing, trying to get it to come up. Come on, work, work, work. Huh? But you know what God said? God said, no, now that brook has dried up. I want you to go to Zarephath. And you know what he said there? This was a hard one. There's going to be a widow woman there that's going to sustain you. Oh, Jesus. That don't sound like much provision. <laughs> Come on. And when he gets there, he sees her. He finds her. And the Bible says she's got a, a little boy. She's widowed and she has a son. And she's out picking up sticks. And said to the prophet, the prophet sees her. How many of you know this story? He sees her and he says to her, he says, uh, hey, 
can I get something to drink from you and something to eat? And she said, um, well, look, I'm just out here picking up sticks right now because I'm about to go make a little cake for me and my son because I have just a little oil in a cruise and just a little bit of flour, a little meal in the barrel. And she said, you know, after I make that, it's going to be one little cake and we're just going to eat it and die. Now, God told him, that woman, I mean, for most of us, we'd be like, well, you're not the woman. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Huh? Isn't that right? But God said it was going to be that widow woman. And he's like, oh, Lord. But you know what he said? He said, well, I'll tell you what. You're going to make a cake for me first. And then you make one for you and your son. And she's like, how many of you, come on, think about where you would be right now in the spirit. Would you go, I mean, I can do any of them. Some people struggle at the offering. Let alone, at this point of faith, And here, this widow woman, she says, all right. And then she realized, all right, prophet. She says, uh, I'll do what you say. I'll go do that. And so she put faith in what he said, but she also kind of put it on his head. You know what I'm saying? And said, I'm going to go obey the word of God. And he did that. She did that. And when she did, the Bible says... Because the prophet said to her, in it, though, he said that you're going to eat from it, that barrel of meal is not going to waste, and the cruise of oil is not going to fail. Wow. How many of you know that God has better promises than that towards you and I today? How many believe that today? How many know that God has great and precious promises that we have entered into, but we need to see that we've entered into it oftentimes what we're being moved by is what we see and how we feel and what's going on around us. We're not yet crossed over in that place where we're walking by faith. Now, listen, faith is a fight. I'm not saying we don't have faith fights where you're walking around your head in the sand, so to speak. But let me just say this. You're walking by faith and not by sight. Are you hearing me right now? It doesn't mean you're not going to struggle. That's what it means to fight. I heard a long time ago, I remember hearing this minister. He said, you know what that means is just you got to learn to love the fight. And oftentimes, we don't like to fight. But you've got to have a little fight in you. Not with one another, amen, but in you, in the spirit, when it comes to what you believe and what you see. They saw these promises afar off. What do you see afar off today? Do you see your body healed and whole and well and rejoicing in God today? Come on. Can you see yourself dancing can you see yourself praising God today because you have been made whole in your body? Huh? Can you see your soul in a place of soundness? Can you see your mind in a place of soundness without fear? Anxiety, depression, and oppression. Can you see that today? They saw it afar off. The Bible says of Abraham, 
He rejoiced or he gave God the glory. He rejoiced in the Lord. He praised. He gave God the glory because he believed God. I tell you, when you believe God, it changes your attitude. And sometimes you have to wake up every day and believe him. Come on, for that same thing. Abraham did it for over 28 years. Think about that. Around 28 years, he believed God every day. And he, he could not, the Bible says he didn't consider Sarah and her, her inability to produce or his ability, inability either, because his body was dead, the Bible says, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Wow. But he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Some of us go, well, that, that we're just not, we're not accepting the facts. If you've got a promise, why would you accept something that is against it? Man, when we get to this point of understanding how grace fails, for by grace, by this Chris, something being conferred, it comes from God. What's coming from God? Here we're talking about salvation, and salvation is beautiful. Salvation is huge. It's what we have today. It comes through faith. This, is, this means that salvation is being conferred to you. Yes, you are saved. But you know, within salvation is the promises of God. Come on, the covenant that comes by the blood of Jesus. You know, I am going to read a scripture out of the book of Hebrews here just for a moment. I think it will be very, very good to hear Hebrews chapter 10, verse 16. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 16 says, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. Now he's talking, this is a, the prophetic word speaking of where we are today. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember them no more. Now where remission of these are is there is no more offering for sin. Having, therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. How do we come before God? By the, through the blood. By a new and living way, verse 20, which, hath, which he hath consecrated for us. See, it's something he did, not we did. Through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God. Thank God we have a high priest today. Do you know you have a high priest? Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Woo. Over the house of God. Let us draw near, verse 22, with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some are or is, but exhorting one another and so much more the more as you see the day approaching. Speaking of the day of his return, the day that he will come. For if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. And this is why it's so important today. 
First of all, to understand who you are, what you have today. See, we have a new covenant today. We're not under the old covenant. But Jesus isn't going to go back and die again. But this means right here, we have the blood of Jesus that we can repent. And the Bible says, if you were to sin, he is faithful when you ask for forgiveness. He's faithful to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Isn't that good news? That's why we can obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let's keep reading. So he says, here he says, but a certain fearful looking of the judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour his adversaries. He that despised Moses' law did with, died without mercy under two or three witnesses. How much more sore punishment suppose you shall be thought worthy if we trod underfoot the Son of God and that counted the blood of the covenant wherewith we were sanctified an unholy thing that done despite unto the spirit of grace. That spirit of conferring salvation. And, and that what God has done. The Holy Spirit's work in our life to bring salvation. Now see, that's not a very popular message today in the church, but you can't, you can't separate that part because it's not popular. We don't want to hear those kind of things. Are you hearing me today? We have doctrines today that leave this kind of understanding completely out. Did you know salvation? What is salvation? What are we being saved from? You know, Romans tells us that we're being saved from the wrath that is to come, the judgment that is to come. Did you know that? Isn't that good news that we're being saved from that? That you've been saved from that? You know what that means? We're talking about the rapture of the church. We're talking about eternity today. Isn't that good news? Don't let, don't, 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 don't. Listen, don't think today that, well, I've got the grace of God. I don't have to, I, don't, I can sin and God's okay with it just because he loves me. You're not going to find that in the Bible. You're not going to find that in the New Testament. This isn't heavy. This is reality. The Bible does tell us that if we were to sin, first of all, God wants us to be close to him in the spirit and in the natural. That's why he said in Acts 26, 20, he says that we should repent and turn to God and performing deeds in keeping with our repentance. You see that? Now, does it mean that you're going to fail and falter because you have flesh? Yes, but it's not an excuse. We should be striving to walk by faith and not by sight. What is walking by faith? Walking in the Spirit. When you walk in the Spirit, you're walking by faith. When you walk by faith, you walk in the Spirit. You can't, you can't separate those two. Because faith is spiritual. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God and it comes into your spirit so that you might walk in it. And it's important today because grace, the conferring of things, should not fail in our life because we're unwilling to repent, to ask for forgiveness. Do you know, even Jesus said, one of the scriptures that oftentimes, you know, I've heard um, maybe many of you probably too, you know, speaking out of Mark chapter 11, I used it a while ago, you know, verse 23 you know, have faith in God, or that's 22, and then 23, you know, uh, talks about moving mountains and all of these wonderful things. But if you go down a little bit further, it says that when you stand praying, forgive. Yeah. It talks about how to pray, how to use your faith, how to target certain things. 
But then it also tells us, it says, when you stand praying, forgive. Oh, why does he have to go there? That God can forgive you, that he can hear your prayer. Ow. Why can't we just have all of this without the other? I like the other message. You know what I'm saying? But it's not the true message. Because you can't have one without the other. That would be like me loving my wife only for the good bits, so to speak. And she's got a lot more good bits than I do. It is true. We all have bad bits. But let me just help you with this understanding. We can't just take the word of God and just take out the good bits and not take the whole word that can help us grow, that sanctifies us. Anybody know that word? Sanctification. That's such a powerful word. It's something that we have been. We've been sanctified, set apart. That's what it means to be set apart and being sanctified. You're being sanctified unto holiness. Oh, glory to God. That means you're becoming godly. You're becoming, you're being changed more into his image from faith to faith and glory to glory by the Spirit of God because you love the Spirit of God. Even Paul said, you know, I hate this body, this, this light that's tarnished, sometimes stained with that sin. I just don't like it. And he, and he says, man, can't wait to put this thing off one day. So I don't have to deal with all of that nonsense. But as long as I'm in it, I'm going to possess this body. I'm going to bring my body into subjection to obedience of Christ. I'm going to purge my conscience. I'm going to purge myself. I'm going to allow the word of God and the blood of Jesus to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I'm going to learn to, to live and walk by faith and learn to walk in the spirit and do less and less and less and less of that so I can grow more and more into his image. Come on. Aren't you glad today, though, that God has mercy, is fresh and new every morning? I'm so thankful for it because you know what? There's probably not a day that goes by I don't have to go, oh, God, mm, forgive me for that. I just repent, God. Come on. Are you with me or am I the only one? Huh? I try to live 24 hours. That's it. Every day. Think about this. I learn to not try to say, okay, I'm just going to live a lifetime without sin. God, I promise I'll never do that again. I'm like, wait, you know what? Glory to God, I'm going to take this minute by minute. Think about it. I can control my 60 seconds here, can't I? Huh? That means when the eye says, mmm, I say, wait, I, mm -mm. look straight ahead. All right, heart, no, no, you're not going to go there. Mm -mm, no, no. Mind, you're not going to go there. No, no, no. Bless the Lord, all my soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Come on. And you know what I've learned? Every time I do that, I'm just getting stronger and stronger and stronger in the spirit. Those things become weaker and weaker. Because all Satan does, he's got three types of temptation. The lust of the flesh. Come on, the lust of the eye and the pride of life. 
Started that way in the garden. He did that with Jesus. And he does that with us. Eve said, oh, man, that tree, that looks good for food, lust of the flesh. Then she said, man, you know, if I eat that, I'll be like God, pride of life. Think about it. And it's able to make one wise. You see, it's the way the enemy works in our lives. Today, God wants to confer more and more into our life. That's why we can come boldly before his throne. The throne of grace. And by faith, we can, have, we can find help. Come on, we can find help because we're going to obtain mercy and find help. Some grace to help in time of need. We can find grace to help. Grace is whatever needs to be conferred. God's, God's looking to confer some things in our life. If we will go to him today, what is it you have need of right now? What is it God needs to confer to you? Solomon asked for wisdom. I wish more politicians would ask for the wisdom of God instead of trying to rely on their own wisdom. Amen? Should we be nice? But I think we can do that. You know, there's so much. You're not going to exhaust God's ability. He wants you to come to Him. He wants you to come before Him. Ask Him. Learn of Him. Be taught of Him. Let the Holy Spirit begin to lead and guide you and the ways you should go and the choices and decisions that you need to make. Guarding your heart and your mind so that we're not allowing the flesh to lead us into these areas and then we're overcome by them. And then we're trying to recover and constantly recovering and recovering and recovering ourselves. Don't let the eye just be led astray. Don't let the the pride of life become what you serve. Come on, we're going to trust for it. We're going to receive grace today more and more. Something conferred to us more and more. Come on, we have received salvation. It's in you. The ability to do it is in you today. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.